You are listening to the We Are Not Safe for Work podcast. Your hosts, Renee and Nadja, will dive into all the different reasons why some entrepreneurs become unemployable. Hello, Nadja. Hello, Renee. So I saw on Facebook that you um, are one step closer to being a citizen, by the way. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. So I had my citizenship interview and civics test yesterday, which I passed. Thank you very much. Um, I was a little nervous about the civics test because um, there were some things that, you know, I haven't really thought about since I took government in school. <laughs> and Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So having to <clears throat> kind of like dig back into the recesses of my memory for that information was a little nerve wracking, but um, thankfully the questions that I received, because basically the civics test is out of, like they ask you up to 10 questions and you need to get six of them right. And oh, yeah, so I got asked six questions because I got them all right. I, he didn't have to continue with four more questions. He was well, like, that's yeah. Amazing. yeah, so I was excited about that. Um, there is one last step though. I have to do my, um, oath taking ceremony. So I need to go back next week. And by the time this podcast episode is released, I will officially be a U.S. citizen. Um, but yeah, I had to, I had to do an oath taking ceremony. Um, it is at the ass crack of dawn though. (laughs) It's at 730. I have to be there at 730 in the morning to, Basically, say the Pledge of Allegiance, and then they give me my paperwork that says you are officially a U.S. citizen, and you can vote, and you can get a U.S. passport, and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, 7.30 in the morning. And with Houston rush hour traffic, that means I'm going to have to leave by, I mean, 7 o'clock at the latest to get there by 7.30. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I want to take into account, you know, buffer time for traffic or something, any sort of delays or whatever, I'm going to have to leave the house by like 645. God, that's crazy. I can't remember the last time I got up that early. That's well, right. Like I did um, not start working for myself so that I can be driving somewhere at like six in the six hour, six o'clock a.m. hour range. Like, that's not what I signed up for. That's the reason why I stopped working no, in corporate. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, thank God I didn't have to take a government test to become a citizen. I was just born here. I was mm-hmm. so insanely fortunate. Um, was there a question that, like, one of the questions that really surprised you? Um, well, or that you found particularly challenging? Not, I, I mean, know you got them all six right, so probably not. But yeah, and and on like they give you they give you a list of the questions that they could ask, right? Um, so mm-hmm. you get a list of one hundred possible questions you could be asked. So oh okay yeah, and and some of them are you know they're pretty basic like um, what is it? When did we declare independence from? The, from England or whatever and it's like oh yeah. that was uh-huh. 1776 and to be specific July right. 4th 1776 but one of the <laughs> um one of the questions which always threw me off 
even when I took government in school, was um, when was the Constitution written? Because in your head, you think, oh, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, like they must have written it like at the same time, right? No, they didn't. It was like 11 years I honestly later. don't know the answer to this question. Yes. It's, when was uh, the Constitution written? 1787. So it was 11 years oh. later. Wow. That's yeah. right. See, no, I would have failed. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my favorite questions, so though, have- when they were going through or when I was looking through the list because I had my husband kind of like answer some of them since I had the list of 100 questions they could ask. And some of them uh-huh. he was like, oh, well, um, this is this is what I would respond with. And they they are looking for very specific answers. For example, the question is, what is Benjamin Franklin known for? That's the question. What is Benjamin Franklin known for? <laughs> well, that's a that's a trick question. I, I I would say the light bulb. So the what I know that's not the answer they're looking for. It's not what they're looking for. They're looking for very specific answers. Like my husband said, oh, well, like the kite and lightning, right? Right. Yeah, that's what he's really known for. That's not what they're looking he's known for. for being the president of the United States, right? It's some of the things that he is what what they're looking for is um, he was the first postmaster general. He was found he really he found it. Yes, he founded the um, the first free libraries. He was the founder of free oh, libraries. I did not know that. He was the oldest in age to be part of something. See, I can't even remember what it was because all all I remembered in my head was, okay, I need to memorize the libraries because libraries for sure is going to come up and then the postmaster general. Like those are the two things that I decided I'm going to memorize those two things. <laughs> Wait, but yeah. was he not a president? Uh Franklin? No, he was not a president. Oh, see, there you go. I fail, fail, fail. Wait, let me Yeah. Let's let's make sure was Benjamin Franklin, president. He was the only president who was never president. Yep. He never held the office of presidency. So I'm there you go, Renee. Speechless on a podcast. Um, he was okay. <laughs> he was he was not a president. Amazing. Okay. Well, yep. Maybe they'll kick. They'll hear this and kick me out. I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> I, I get to go to Canada. <laughs> You'll be fine. You're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's yes, interesting. So, well, so congratulations. Be, thank you. I will definitely be practicing the rights that I earn as a citizen. I, as soon as everything is finalized, I will be registering to vote and I will be voting. I will be Amen. a voting member. I'm just saying, I know it's a small, a lot of people think, oh, it's just, it's just voting, you know, but no, I, I want to, I want to be part of the decision here. For it. here. <laughs> That's right. No, I'm glad because you're an informed voter and I think that really matters. Thank so you. I try to um, be. I'm excited. I think it's great. We need more of you guys, more of us voting in Texas for sure. And yes. so that's very exciting. Yes, yes, um, yes. I'm very happy for you. So that'll be two passports that you have now, right? Yes, I will be a dual passport holder. I feel like a spy, right. like being able to have... <laughs> multiple passports is it possible for you to get a fill a, a passport for the philippines as well 
Um, I had if you wanted to citizen of the Philippines, even though I was born in the Philippines, uh, I gave up my okay. citizenship when we when we moved to Australia and became Australian citizens. So, um, okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, so yeah. Right now, um, I could not carry. I could not apply for a Filipino passport, even though I have. My birth certificate is, you know, from the Philippines and everything like that. But right. because we gave up our right. citizenship to become Australian citizens, I would have to go through the process mm-hmm. of citizenship for the Philippines. Is it possible to hold three passports? Like, do you if, know people that do that? Or If your people? countries allow multiple citizenships, yes. Um, because I know okay. that uh, for for a little while, Australia, like you could not hold dual citizenship in Australia. Um, I don't remember when that changed, but I do know that it it was it was not during the time frame where, like when we first got our green card and then we became eligible for citizenship. I want to say mm-hmm. during that time, we couldn't do dual citizenship with Australia. Because they would only allow dual citizenship between uh, Australia and the UK. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's but now, cool. well, but now they've opened it up, so I I can do dual citizenship for both. So that's what I'm going to do. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's so exciting. I'm really happy yeah. for you. Um, Thank you. So I just wanted to congratulate you on that, which kind of in a way ties into what we're going to talk about because it's just one more thing to keep up with now Oh, absolutely. because you're going to have yeah. your passport for that. You're going to have any mm-hmm. documentation for that. You're going to have to get your voter ID, you know, just more stuff to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the topic that we're going to discuss today is I decided yesterday to c- declare password uh, bankruptcy is what I'm calling it. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, because I was trying to sort through some digital accounts and I was trying, actually what I was, what I was really trying to do, I didn't even tell you this in our pre-talk, but what I was trying to do was install Slack on one of my iPads. Okay. But I couldn't remember how I log into Slack because I haven't installed Slack for so long that it just opens up overnight because it's magic. Computers Mm -hmm. are magic. Yeah. And so it just opens up on my other computers, but I wanted it on my... (laughs) I wanted it on my iPad. And the reason that I wanted it on my iPad was because I was trying to get to a link that was in my Slack. Oh, Um, okay, okay. But I couldn't. Yeah. So I actually just wanted it for a completely different purpose, not because I wanted to use Slack, but I wanted to use a piece of information that was in Slack. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't remember how to get into my Slack. So it said it wanted... It was going to send me an email link. Well, I didn't have email set up on my iPad because I couldn't remember my email password. Oh, my gosh. So. It's a vicious cycle, isn't it? It is. So I couldn't remember my email password. So I couldn't set up my email on my iPad so that Mm -hmm. I could get the email from Slack Mm -hmm. to get to the data that I wanted from Slack. Oh, my goodness. So I realized. All of this was just turning into this vicious, vicious cycle because I keep all my emails in LastPass, uh-huh. but I couldn't get to my LastPass password because it was behind a different password <laughs> oh my gosh. protection thing that mm-hmm. I didn't have that information because I didn't have my LastPass. So I was like in this vicious loop and it was getting so insane. So I was going to my desktop to try to get the passwords for the things to the iPad. 
<laughs> and of course, by the time I got to all of that, the Slack l- email link had expired. Sure. So I had to start over, by the way. But yeah, um, yeah. I got so bad that I just got out a pen and paper. I've been paperless for years now. Mm-hmm. I usually use all of my notes on my iPad and um, keep all my notes there. But I got out a pen and paper and just started writing notes of this account is attached to this thing. And the reason that I was doing all of that, the thing I was trying to get to in the Slack was we were trying to get to a um, Twitter login because we realized that we had Twitter accounts that were associated to the wrong email addresses. Mm-hmm. And then Twitter was wanting to email us. And so Andy and I were trying to share information back and forth in Slack. Right. Because she was doing one Twitter account, one email address while I was trying to do another. So I was trying to, the baseline of all of it was trying to get into Twitter. Or X. I'm so sorry. I was um, going to say, what is Twitter? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so then finally. You're showing I was like, your okay, age, Renee. Account, <laughs> I know. I know. So I was trying to, I just started writing on paper. Okay, here's all of my Twitter accounts. Here's the usernames. Here's mm-hmm. the emails they're associated to. Here's all my email accounts. And I'm st- I was starting to try to make a map. And I finally I realized, Nadja, please, God, tell me what to do to fix this problem. <laughs> because now I'm in hell. And I know this is a common problem that we all have. Yeah, and it's not a unique problem. So... Yeah. So here's, here is the big problem with password managers like LastPass, KeyPass, OnePass, all the pass things, right? There is no way for you to kind of map out exactly what you were saying that you were doing. Like here are all of my Twitter accounts and this is how, like, these are the email addresses associated with it, right? It's basically, it's just a list. It's, you type in Twitter and then it shows you, here are all of the Twitter logins that you have saved inside of me. Um, but there's nowhere Correct. for you to be able to, to like, specify, these are for this company. These are my personal accounts. Like, you can't categorize it like that unless you know to do that ahead of time, right? Like, there's no... Right. There's no easy way to do it. And typically, the only reason you find out later on that you should have organized it is because you get into a situation like you are now where you're like, okay, but yeah. was, th- was this business account associated with my personal email or was it only connected to my business email address? Like you, so having all of that mapped out is not something these password managers do because they're just a storage vault. That's all they are, right? They just, right. you put all the stuff in there, you close the door, you lock it, and then you're like, okay, well, hopefully I can find what I need later on. Um, I don't know how much I can talk about it. I'll have to ask them. But um, we, we, me and my team, are currently in the process mm-hmm. of um, – helping a company test how to store and share sensitive information, not just passwords and logins. We're talking sensitive documents like, um, you know, I'm I'm sure like a lot of other online business owners, um, everybody is using either Google Drive and or Dropbox and or Microsoft OneDrive, you know, like to share. Or, and or iCloud. And, and or, or yeah, iCloud, exactly. right. Yeah. So you have all of these different places that you can save information. 
but then you have to think, well, like exactly how safe is the information in each of these platforms? Because for us, um, me and my team, we have to be very careful about HIPAA, you know, um, Right. We have healthcare clients. And so we need to make sure anywhere that we store anything that could potentially be protected health information or provide access to protected health information is stored behind something that is HIPAA compliant. Like we are very, very strict about that because I don't want to get fined like for violating HIPAA. I don't want our clients to get fined for violating HIPAA because they're not small monetary fines. Like we're talking, you know, millions of dollars as a fine depending on how much (laughs) information has been exposed. And then on top of that, like you also want to make sure that you are protecting the protected health information of what you are privileged to have access to, right? So you want to make sure that all of that is locked down. And I think it's really relevant now especially with all of the, I don't know if you saw um, the the cyber attacks that happened at MGM and Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. No, I didn't. Yeah. So no, they, got, I didn't. they got hit with cyber attacks. Um, Caesars Palace was hit first and they paid a couple of million dollars to get out of it. But at the same time, it's like, like okay, one of those ransom things. Yes. It was a cyber, the oh, cyber, yeah. um, cyber attack ransomware kind of stuff. Um yeah. This was a okay. major casino, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. From a casino standpoint, I can see do I want to have all of my systems shut down to where people can't gamble, they can't get into their hotel rooms, they can't check into hotels? You know, like, do I want to try to fight that? Or do I want to just pay whatever they're whatever they're asking for and then get it over and done with, right? But it also sets that right. precedence of, um, oh, well, they're going to pay, so let's ask for more money next time. Or um, let's not even release the, you know, what we've hacked into. Let's just keep asking for more and more money. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. Caesars Palace yeah, got totally. hit and then MGM got hit. And I think from the last information that I've read about it, MGM is still kind of battling with some of the um, – the after effects of that cyber attack. Um, not necessarily from their casino standpoint. I don't think their casinos themselves were affected, like the machines, like people could still gamble because in Vegas, that's the number one thing, right? You want people to be spending their money. Right. Um, but there were issues with like hotels, like the checking in. People could either not check in or they couldn't get into their hotels like their hotel rooms because everything is the room key card yeah. digitized right and so you've got to think about it in the the whole grand scheme of how big of a digital footprint do you have and um this company that we're working with is all about making it more efficient for people not just business owners but like you and me as as just people who have logins to stuff, right? Like you create a login to access your water bill or, um, you know, to log into your bank account and stuff like that. So just the daily users, making it really simple for everyone to use, save the the important information, and then be able to share it securely. So um, 
I am super excited. Like I can't wait for them to launch because I will tell everyone about them. Um, I'm loving all of the features that they're adding on the back end, um, the simplicity. Um, and then the peace of mind on top of that, knowing that this is this makes it really, really difficult for people to hack into um, because this this particular company has worked with the Department of Defense. So they've they've worked on um, yeah. like cybersecurity projects with like NORAD and stuff like that. So. Wow. Yeah. Know. Department so, of Defense. Yeah. So they're they're legit. Like they're legit when it comes to security. Well, that's interesting because, yeah, I pay for LastPass and it's just, it doesn't help at all. Like, I feel like I need a literal map on the wall, you know, in a main living area that's just mapping all of this shit together. And I know all of it, and the, I think the thing too, and hopefully other people can relate to this, it's all self-inflicted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's because you're in a hurry or you think some, something's a good idea at the time. Like, like I was telling you before, we used to have... Um, because our LLC is Ralph's Design in Delhi, and we used to have that as our email address, but it's mm -hmm. so long and we hated it. So we switched it to Ralph's Media, mm -hmm. which fits our brand better too, because really um, I get calls constantly from people that are like, think that we're a deli, which makes sense, but um, we're really a media company. So we changed it to Ralph's Media. So now yeah. those, e I, I'm ba basically gone through so just like most people have i'm sure yeah. i've gone through so many variations of email accounts for things that i signed up for long ago that i just got myself into like a decade-long mess right right yesterday just kind Trying of finally hit <laughs> and so now exactly yeah and so it's like what is the best way until this amazing tool launches how should people map all of this out what is your method for fixing things like this? Like if I hired oh you, what would you first thing you would do? Yeah. So to fix things like this, it, it's a multi-step process. Like I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not easy because what you, what everyone right. has done, not just you, um, I have done it too. We, we have created this hodgepodge, uh, vault, right? Like you think, oh, yes. I'm going to save everything in this one place. Great. So you save everything in one place. But now, now that you have all of the things in one place, now you're thinking, oh, I should have categorized it, right? Like I should have split it up between right. whether yeah. it's clients or um, like if you don't, if if you're not doing it for business related stuff, you're, it's just your personal stuff. Like, oh, I should have separated it out between like these are my things for utilities. These are my things for school-related stuff. These are all of my things for, you, you know, like making sure that you categorize it. But you don't think about that in the beginning. All you're thinking is, oh, great, I have one place that I can put everything in and it's sorted by alphabetical order. I can find it, no problem. Right. And that's not wrong, but it's also not the best way when you're dealing with so much information. Like once again, because our digital footprints are so big, like how often do you change your electric company? Pretty frequently, right? Because you're looking for the best rate. Or how right. often yeah. do you, I mean, you may not change your email address pretty frequently, but let's say that you're going through the different stages of your life. Like if you, if you recall, I, I am a geriatric millennial so back in the day <laughs> yes. when when emails were like first becoming the thing, like 
My email address was something like icequeen8842 at yahoo.com. You know, like something completely ridiculous and insane. And then as you get older and then you're like, oh, I should have a more professional email address because now um, universities are asking for your email address. Like, I don't want to be sending in my college application and then saying, yes, please email me at icequeen whatever. Um, you want it to be right. your name, right? Like, Or something that, that looks more professional. And then same thing from college to work like, or college to career. You want to put on your resume an email address that makes you look like a professional. <laughs> and so just, yeah. just in that, you know, that's four different versions of an email address if you were just changing it for very specific reasons. But like most geriatric millennials, I'm sure there were like, you probably had, you know, five at least email addresses and they were all for different things. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm currently battling with the SBC Global email yes. address. SBC Global doesn't even exist anymore, I don't think. Yeah. But I still have an email address that I'm trying to desperately switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, things from that one to this other one i can't i have a yahoo Mm -hmm. that is in the mix i forgot i forgot about yahoo right you know um but apparently yahoo hasn't forgotten about me yeah yeah. Um, i have a yahoo email address i don't i don't use it but i do receive things from it only because um back in the day you know like my um university related uh correspondence was connected to my Yahoo email address. And so what I did for that was I set up a forwarding. So from my Yahoo email address, it forwards to my current personal email address because it's all personal related. Um, The only downside to that though is email providers have started to make it a bit more difficult to do that, like to forward from other emails that are different domains. So like from a Yahoo to a Gmail, um, that, yeah, so that connection is not a hundred percent reliable. Um, but short of like, you know, like what you said, going through your list of, well, these are, these are all of the things that I had associated with this email address. How many people actually remember that? Like how often do you type in your email address in exchange for access to something constantly, oh, right? all the time. All the time. And by the way, throw into that when the business that you're dealing with changes their name. Exactly. So suddenly your alphabetical list no longer makes sense. Yes, exactly. And so from the, from the personal, like if just a regular user, you're not even worried about this for, for business purposes. Um, the biggest sure. tip that I could give is like the actionable item right now, go to your password manager, even if it's a, a document, like a, a physical notebook, or if you have it saved in Google or not Google notes, but in like, you know, in notes or Google keep mm-hmm. or whatever, which by the way, please don't save your passwords and stuff like that. Um, and same thing with like a Word document. Please don't save your passwords. I would never do in that. A Word never, document ever after this call. Yeah, exactly. After the yeah. call, please just stop yeah. doing that. Um, yeah. Well, it just you know, what's the point in having a secure password to access something if you're just going to have 
that information easily accessible to anybody that may be able to come to your house or have access to your computer? Well, let me tell you the point. Let me tell you the point. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But let me just tell you the point. Let's say you're sitting in front of your TV and you got a new Apple TV and you can't remember your Apple ID, but you constantly damn need it. <laughs> and it's a pain in the ass to get into your LastPass to get to your Apple ID. But you know what you can do is make sure your phone has no uh-huh. password on it at all so that it's easy to get to. Mm-hmm. And then you can just put your Apple user ID and password in your Apple notes is the very first note that you get. Not that I'm doing this, guys. No, of course not. No. Not, and I get, I get yeah, it. Never would I like, <laughs> yeah. I get it. And then suddenly you realize how easy that is to use. So then all the most important passwords that you've ever used in your life are in the first note in your Apple notes Mm -hmm. because it's so hard to remember how to get to anything else. Yep. Yep. Or your, or your most, most important logins start with an asterisk, like for, as their identifier name, because then it automatically puts them at the top, right? Like instead of making it A. I haven't thought of that. (laughs) Ask me how I know this. Because once again, I am not immune. Like, I have done this. And this is the reason why I I say and can say (laughs) with gusto, don't do this. Don't do this because the the repercussions are horrendous. Um, Yeah, like, you know, asterisk Bank of America. Yeah, no. (laughs) Totally haven't done that. No, 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 no. No. Or asterisk Wells Fargo. (laughs) Asterix chasing. How often should you how often should you change a password? Ideally. Okay. In the in yeah. the IT Perfect world. Okay. Goal. When I worked in corporate IT, when I worked in corporate healthcare in IT, um, the people that I worked with would get so frustrated because they're like, why do you make me change my password every 90 days? And I tell them yeah. 90 days is the longest I can even push it out. Like be grateful yeah. that it's every 90 days and not every 30. Because ideally, oh, yeah. <laughs> ideally you do want to be updating your passwords pretty frequently, like at least every 90 days. Um, because password breaches happen all the time. Like, I'm sure you get notifications about them constantly. Like, oh, we had a breach in our um, system and your, your login information may have been compromised. Um, so they recommend that you change your password or whatever. But if you just have it, a habit of changing your password every 90 days, like that makes it easier. Um, I will give you a, a, a little, um, I guess, shortcut for it. Um it's not. It's still not the most secure thing to do. But if you are the type of person that's like, I cannot remember my password all the time. Like I, I can barely remember a password that I type in every single day. Um, if you get into the habit of changing your password every ninety days, you can have it set up to where all of your passwords, like the core, the core part of your password, is the same every single time. I always recommend phrases or a combination, like two words that don't go together. Like they don't make sense to anybody else, but to you, it makes sense. Like those two words to go together. Mm-hmm. So you have those two words that go together and then you do the, um, the month. So like, let's say, let's say it's, um, blue kangaroo. I don't know. Blue yes. kangaroo. Yeah. Oh, nine, two, three. And then in three months or 90 days, you change it to blue kangaroo, 12, two, three. 
and then three mm. months from there. Blue kangaroo three zero three two four. So you see how it's still the same core password. All you have to remember yeah. is the yeah. month that you had changed it. So that's that's a tip that I can give you. Like I said, it's not the most secure thing to do. No, obviously you want to make sure it's complicated, but it's it's a way for you to remember that okay, every just remember the month that you changed your password. And then three months from there, change it, change the, the numbers. And um you bypass all of those. You can't use the same password that you've used before. Oh, right. Totally. I I think that the breach thing has become so rampant that I almost don't even pay attention anymore. Yeah. I just wait to check my bank account and see if something bad's happened. And I only say that because I bet I manage at least 500 passwords easily without exaggeration because of team passwords and mm -hmm. all of those kind of things, at least, right? Yeah. Because now everything forces you to log in. So you go to um, Target, um, anywhere you shop, you obviously mm -hmm. have a password, right? Mm -hmm. um, half the time when you want to read something these days, you have to log in to get yep. the, the the good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like if you want to go to museum.com, everything's you gated. Log in. Yep. That's it. That's the right word. Everything is gated. So and the key, the key is your, the key is your password or an email address. Exactly. So all of these things get breached sometimes, not all of these things, but things get constantly breached. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at, I have probably 20 tabs open on my um, Chrome right now. Oh, on the count how one many that we're talking on. <laughs> yeah. And so I know, let's see, I'm going to do a literal count. One, two three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, different things that I'm currently logged into and in just this window. Mm -hmm. I, right, yeah, so I was going to say right there. that's, that's one window, multiple tabs, right? So my right. setup, the way I have my setup for yes. work-related purposes is every window. So I have a Mac and you can have multiple mm -hmm. desktops on it. I can't remember if you can do that on Windows, but if you can, then this is this is I'm how sure. I segment everything. Like every single desktop is a client. So I have right. I have tons of separate desktops. And then for every single desktop, I open an instance of my browser that is only associated with that client. Right. So once again, so that's, so the, the desktops themselves is not a password um, that I have to remember, but every single browser instance is connected to mm -hmm. a separate login. So I have a user login right. and password for every single client, right? That's how right. I keep it separated. Now it, to a lot of people, they see that and they're like, that's so much work. But you know what? The instances of me accidentally logging into another client's account while I'm supposed to be working on a different client's account has drastically decreased because I have segmented it. So I have to physically segment my desktops, my workspaces, so that I don't cross-contaminate. You know, I don't 
yeah, go into totally. another client's active campaign and set up an email that's supposed to be, you know, for this other client that's healthcare related. But the one I, I actually sent it to was the um, the one that's related to like a security company, two different industries, right? right? Like it doesn't tragic. make any sense. Yeah. So that happens. Um, but that's what happens when you don't separate all of the different things that you have access to, or you don't separate them into um, sandboxes, right? Like this sandbox is only for this client or this sandbox is only for all my personal stuff that's related to um, utilities. This sandbox is my personal stuff that's related to all of my fun logins or shopping or whatever, right? I think it's so important to do that, but it is a lot of work. Once again, not going to lie, it's not easy. It is a lot of work, but you put that work in in the beginning and it pays off in the long run because then it makes things much easier to manage. It'll make it easier for the situation that you're in right now, which is now I know what email addresses are associated with what things and then I can Mm -hmm. easily Mm -hmm. go in and just log into all of them and then update my email address, right? Now, right. for for companies, for businesses, this is why I am such a stickler for when you sign up for apps, tools, um, mailing lists, you know, whatever it may be as a business, I always recommend you have a central email address that you use as a distribution inbox, right? Mm-hmm. And so that distribution inbox if it's just, you know, it's you, your, me, myself, and I is the company, then that's fine. Create an alias. And the alias is usually something like admin at or operations at or newsletters at, you know, whatever whatever you want it to be. But you have this one central distribution box that everyone can access so that when you're doing two-factor authentications – you're not constantly having to email the one person whose email address it's associated with to get that authentication code because ev- it, that that email gets distributed to everybody who has been granted access to it, right? Right. Similar similar reasoning for when somebody leaves the company. So mm-hmm. it's not associated with just that one person's email account, it is associated with the distribution inbox and you can just remove that user. Or when you deactivate their account, it automatically removes them. So you don't even have to worry about that step, right? Um, but having right. A, a central distribution inbox that logins are associated with makes it so much easier because now when you sign up for stuff, you don't have to sit there and think about, well, whose email address am I going to connect this account with? Because you already know it's only we only ever sign up to things with the operations at or the admin at inbox. Right. That makes sense. So if it's, let's say it's someone um, that doesn't have a business, right? Mm -hmm. So they're just signing up for things willy nilly on their own personal. Do you think it's useful to have like maybe two Gmail accounts, one that's almost your admin Gmail account and then one that's your personal Gmail account? Yeah, you can absolutely do that. So I actually just recommended that for my husband recently. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, because so his personal email address is kind of his name, 
but not. And people get confused because they think that he just misspelled it when he fills out forms. They just think, oh, he misspelled his name or he misspelled his email address. And then they like they autofill it for him, you know. Um, So, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying not to like tell everyone what his email address is. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. Yeah, essentially like um, it's like it's a shortened version of his name, right? It's just a shortened version right. of his name, but then they see it and they're like, oh, he just forgot to fill in the rest. So they fill in the rest. And so I told right. him, you need to claim that email address. You need to claim that account and then have it set up to where, like I said before, have it set up to where it forwards you emails from that inbox into the one that you actually use. That way you don't miss anything because that's what was happening. He was missing like notifications from his doctor's office because they had automatically filled out like the full name instead of just the shortened version of the name and um they were sending it to an email address that didn't exist yeah so so thankfully that email address was available he claimed it and now he's got it set up to where if somebody sends it to the wrong one he will still get it um having so if managing two inboxes though is just too time consuming for you right like just ugh, that's so yucky or whatever um depending on your email provider some of them allow you to do like um aliases so okay like if you have um like your your name so let's say your your email address is renee at gmail.com and then you go to bed bath and beyond or Bath and Body Works, or whatever. You you go to a store, mm-hmm. and they're like, would you like to sign up for our rewards program? And you're like, yes, I would love to sign up for your rewards program, because I love getting free stuff, and I love earning rewards, because I spend so much money here. And so instead of giving them mm-hmm. Renee at gmail.com, you can send them Renee plus, like the plus symbol, Renee plus promo mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And it'll still come to oh. you, because the plus means that it's an alias, but at the core, it's that Renee at gmail.com. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it does. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's yeah. So once again, this is, it depends on your email provider. Um, what I normally do is I, I do that. Like I specify like the plus mm-hmm. and then promo. There are some systems though for various retailers that have become smart to that. And they don't accept anything. They don't accept email addresses that have a symbol. Um, oh. Yeah. So so what you can do if you have an established email address and you're just like, my inbox is insane. Because I can tell you right now, like my personal inbox, I'm looking at it. I have, I have 47 unread messages in my personal inbox. People see that and they're like, how? Hmm. How do you only have 47 unread messages in your personal inbox? Well, that's, yeah, that's impressive. If, if you scroll down, I have different folders. I have a folder for promotions and I have a folder for updates. My updates folder has 2048. My promotion. I just looked my personal email is 17,754 unread emails. That, yeah. So that's normal. That's like a normal yeah. person. That's what it looks like for right. them. I, I like to think that I'm normal, but I'm not. <laughs> no, that's why like we're I, having this conversation. 
Yeah, I hyperfixate on certain things. And this happens to be one of the things I hyperfixate on. Um, but yeah, what I've done is I've created filters inside of my personal inbox. And I do this inside of my work inbox too. But I have created filters that anything, anything, any email I receive that has the word unsubscribe in it, because legally, legally, any marketing emails you receive needs to have the ability for you to unsubscribe from the list. So if it has the words unsubscribe in it, it gets filtered into my promotions or updates tab. That is fucking brilliant. So it, it doesn't way, even I'm hit my inbox. I'm not huh? convinced. Uns- I unsubscribe from things constantly and I still get all the damn emails. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Same. Yeah. Now, I okay, so I can tell you a little bit as to why that happens sometimes, like why it takes a while for you to actually get dropped off from um, a, a mailing list or a marketing list. The reason is because when mm-hmm. when these big companies, they'll set up campaigns, marketing campaigns that have multiple emails in it, right? And when you're pulled into right. when you're pulled into it, um, it has to go through the whole thing and certain actions have to happen uh, for you to like complete the campaign. So it could be a three month long campaign that they're doing because they're promoting a new product. And so even if you hit unsubscribe, you're still kind of stuck in it until, until it gets to either, um, because I like to put, um, I like to create pullouts inside of campaigns. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so they're pullout checkpoints. So before you send the next email, check, did this person purchase? If they did, pull them out of the sequence. Did this person unsubscribe? If they did, pull them out of the list. So I create those because I yeah. hate getting stuck in people's marketing campaigns, but not not every single company does the same thing. Brand. Yeah. 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 So okay. that's a reason why you could be stuck in in, in, in a loop or in, in a campaign where you're still receiving emails and it's like, but I already unsubscribed. Yeah. You've unsubscribed from any future marketing campaigns, but if you were put into a marketing campaign, you're going to get stuck in there until it's finished. Or if they have created a, um, like a pullout checkpoint. Got it. So just FYI, this is the kind of, this is the kind of stuff that I just, I, I just burrow down and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) nerd out about I know all this. it's so cool okay so the unsubscribe thing is really interesting so let me ask you this question let's say that there's somebody that's branded to the internet this is their day they're just getting in the internet and um don't do what it what would you say they should- <laughs> <laughs> okay beyond that I agree by the way don't do it it's not worth it um beyond that what would you say for the first time somebody is going to start writing down a password? Like if you could start off with a brand new baby and say, this is how you should do passwords. You should, this is how you should keep up with them. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. yeah the first, question. The, that is an amazing question because usually my experience is not the brand new baby or, or that is the ideal scenario, right? That's the unicorn. Right. That they have nothing. Yes. Um, although, no, because even even my freaking kids, they have email addresses. I was going to say kids. Um, they have email addresses. They've signed up for stuff. Them. 
It's too late for them. It's too late for them. Yeah. Yeah. So so for somebody who is like super green, like super green yeah. and they just they have they have no digital footprint. I mean, honestly, the first thing I would recommend is to sign up for I mean, because, you know, that's a password already, but to sign up for the soon to be released <laughs> um, password manager that that with the company that we are working with, that if not them, then just a password manager and then go ahead and create your cat- categories already, like create your categories yes. of this is work related stuff. This is banking information. This is utilities, like home utilities. Um, this is uh, streaming services. Like create your categories already. Social media, although social media, you could subcategorize that too. <laughs> yeah. But like create. But that's the- a really good idea. Yeah, create the foundation of what what makes it easy for you to remember. Because that's the other thing. We can provide like templates all day long, but -hmm. if your brain doesn't work the same way, it's not going to stick because it doesn't make sense to you in that way, which is the reason why anytime I give somebody a template, I always tell them, use this as inspiration. A template shouldn't be like what you're trying to box yourself into. A template is your starting off point. Like take it and then Mm -hmm. tweak it to the way that you use it. Do you remember that this was before the podcast, but a conversation you at least I think so, um, a conversation that you and I had about organizing our house. Remember, we had uh-huh. a lot of conversations about that because you and I both got new houses right around the same time. Yeah. And so we had a lot of conversations about um, how you organized your garage. And because I was going to start organizing my garage. So I w- we were just having a lot of or- conversations about <laughs> yes, we were. literal like I mean, it was ridiculous really but it was also a lot of fun but i mean literally yeah. going through and you would send me a picture and i'd send you a picture and we were going back and forth <laughs> about micro micro details you know of mm-hmm. how we yep. each organize our house mm-hmm. and it's kind of the same thing if you think about it the concept is kind of the same right where yeah. do you keep your tools where do you put your hammer yes right because you have yes. where you put your tools and then you have yep. where you put your hammer and yeah. where you put your hammer is not going to be the same place that I put my hammer. Even if we put our tools in the same far right-hand corner of our garage, yep. where your hammer is, is going to be different than my hammer. And that's just because that's how we, it could be because that's how tall we are or how we right. access information or because of the size of our car. All of it's going to yep. be different. Um, but the generalities are the same. So to your point, the template is a guide. It's a, it's a, it's inspiration point to get the conversation exactly. started, which is what we did and yeah when we were discussing where to put things you know um well and we've we've talked about it before too you and i have said that the importance of defining what some what the meaning is right like so your definition of tools and my definition of tools could be very different (laughs) absolutely that's really good point that's so true um, so, so a right. def- no, somebody's definition cool. of social media could be very different to somebody else's definition of social media. So you want to make sure that you organize your things to what makes sense to you because you're going to be the one accessing mm-hmm. it. So if it doesn't make sense to you, then you've just made, you've just made yourself a, a 
a generically organized thing that you still can't use. Right. And you could even, I remember when we worked at the screw, um, that always sounds funny when I say that, but screw the nine to five. <laughs> no, right. Um, right. We'll um, explain that later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll explain that some other time. But anyway, when we were writing processes and procedures, you would put like, if I can get this right, like I should know this because I've done processes, but like the purpose, right? Yes. At the top, it would be the purpose. And then you might uh -huh. have an explainer and then the processes and procedure. You could do that for yourself too, where you yes. put a note to yourself of here's why I did this. And this is what this is. Um, mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to make notes to yourself as well, I guess is what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I absolutely make notes to myself all the time because mm -hmm. what makes sense to me in the moment that I'm doing something may not make sense to me later because of things, additional information I receive later on or, you know, like just different perspectives or whatever it may be. So I'll make notes to myself. My husband does this all the time too. Like I think what he does is brilliant because every year he works the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo here in Houston, Texas. It's the biggest rodeo um, mm -hmm. on this this part of Texas because I think Dallas has their own rodeo too, right? When you say he works the rodeo, do you mean he's a bull rider? <laughs> no. No, he is the lighting designer. He's one of the lighting designers for the concerts that happen at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Isn't that crazy? The the rodeo this. has yeah. concerts for huge, huge artists. You know, like there's so many, so many artists I have seen, not just country, um, but like I've seen Bruno Mars at rodeo because of him. I've seen, I, I went and saw Fergie there. Um, Maroon Ooh. 5 was there. You know, like just pop popular artists um right right come yeah. and do a concert so they do a, a rodeo concert um but ev so every year they they pretty much it's a well-oiled machine like they've got it handled they know what needs to be brought in they know how to build things they know how to program things but every single year there's always something that gets changed or tweaked small mm -hmm. enough that it it's not something that needs to be added to like the grand plan, right? But big enough that it affects them in their department if they don't document that change that happened right. or if they don't document. So what he does is when they're loading in, so load in is when they bring in all the equipment, they start building the trusses for the stage, for the um, lights to hang off of and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? Or not just the lights, but also the, the speakers and things like that. So as they're loading in, he'll take pictures or videos of things as they're coming in. And then he'll make a note for himself um, in, in a document that is their rodeo document or whatever that says, um, last year it was a pain in the ass to get cables run to this specific area of the stage. So now when he opens that document up, when they're getting ready to load in, he can take a look and say and immediately see, oh, yeah, this was the part of the stage where it was really difficult to get cables in. And this is what we did to make it easier. And so now he's saved himself and the rest of the team, however long it took them last time to try to figure out how to resolve the issue that they came across at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what it makes me think of? Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, so documenting and making notes for yourself for, for even simple things like that is so important. Like it, it makes a huge difference. We have this Swiffer duster. I'm sure you've seen them. They're pretty common, right? You know, yeah. um, so <laughs> we had, the, we have this Swiffer duster and for about three weeks, it was missing in the house okay. and we were determined to find it instead of buying another one. And one of us had put it in a really smart place. You know, do you ever do that where you put something away yes. and you're like, this All is brilliant. This yes. is so smart. I will always remember that it is right here because this mm -hmm. is the smartest thing I've ever done in my life was yep. put this thing away in this place. But yeah. of course, you can't find it again after that. You were so smart and so amazing in the moment that you didn't need to document it because there's no way you would ever forget Right? Yeah, I do that with um, money. <laughs> <laughs> like if I have cash, because I don't have cash all the time. But when I have cash, then I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm going to put this cash right here. And it, it makes so much sense. Like it's so smart for me to put it there because it's not so obvious that, you know, anybody could just mm -hmm. see it and take it. But it's also not so hidden that I'm not uh, that I'm going to forget where it is. Yeah, I, every single time I'm like, where the fuck did I put that cash? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I think we all have those things because I generally speaking, whenever, you know, those, um, I think it's mostly banks that seem to have this, it's like you have a bank of America is like this, where you have your login email, your username, your password, then you have a special key and you know, your childhood street, your best friend. And there's like 15 mm -hmm. things. And they're yeah. all highly personal to you. So you think, oh, of course, I'm going to remember all of these. But then you're like, wait, who did I say my childhood best friend was? Yeah. What was that street? What's the street mm -hmm. that I actually grew up on? Because, you know, I moved around a lot. So and then all at the time that you're doing all of these things, you think to yourself, or at least this is just me. I'm definitely going to remember this because this is all so obvious. Yep. And then, of yep. course, a year later, um, none of it's obvious. No. Yeah. You know, I actually, um, I made the mistake because once again, I thought, oh my God, I'm being so smart. I'm just so freaking brilliant. Like I'm a genius. This, this is the smartest thing I've ever thought of in my entire life. And then I forgot it later. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I had the bright idea of, you know what, these security questions um, people that know me well enough, they can answer these. Like they, they know this mm -hmm. information about me. So then, I, then I was like, I'm not even gonna make answers relevant to whatever the question is. Gonna make a persona. Yeah. So I just i i had a specific answer for whatever questions, but it wasn't exact. You know. So if it said, "What street did you grow up on?" My answer would have been green microphone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've done stuff like because that. in it's in my head it's like yeah anything anything related to a street you know green grass is green yeah this was my thought process grass is green and grass is found next to the street right and then just right. um a random other word yeah so so i thought i was being so smart i was not smart because then i couldn't remember my associations later on <laughs> So then yeah. I had to do the oh, whole like the whole process of resetting everything, which is a huge pain in the butt. And then I resorted to going back to, okay, well, let's just go to the actual answers. But I will say 
there is one question that I, it was an accident. I put down like, I misunderstood the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why not? Right. Yeah. Like I misunderstood the question and it, it was something stupid. Like instead of, um, instead of like the name of the high school, it was like the city of the high school or whatever. Cause in my head, I, that's how I read it thinking, yeah, everybody, everybody has multiple high schools that they attended. And so it's just asking like, which city was the high school or which, what was the city that your high school was in? Not what was the name of your high school? But it was one of those, like, I made the mistake because I misunderstood the question, but moving forward, that's, that is now how I um, answered those security questions. For the first year that I lived in this house, um, we have ADT and we have this, you know, we have the ADT alarm and then the front door Uh has a key code and it's all associated. So when they came here, when we first moved in, they came here, it was a total disaster, the setup. They sent like four (laughs) people that were training. It was truly crazy. It was a wreck. Nobody knew what they were doing and it was just a complete disaster. So whenever... They set up the keypad for our front door. We thought they had basically they asked us questions. So, like, if you said, you know, what do you sit on? And I said a chair. They put in what do you sit on as the answer. And for six months, we could not get ADT to give us the code to the front door because every time I would give them the answer, they would say, no, that's that's the question. Yeah. And they would say, no, that's wrong. And so, I got in this loop with them and because of all of that, they, and because it was during COVID, they couldn't send someone else out. And they were like, well, we're going to have to send someone out because you can't answer any of the questions. Like, like, okay, then send somebody out. (laughs) But because it was COVID, it was like, they were months behind. And so for like, we got in this weird loop of this question answer thing. And I was like, well, there has to be a way to reset all this. And they were like, yeah, but every reset the answer is the question, you know, but you have oh to tell gosh. us what the question is. Yeah. And so it was like this weird, ridiculous thing. so crazy. Oh, my goodness. You so know, I understand um, what you're saying. Sometimes you get too creative. Yeah. Yeah. You get too creative. You, you think you're too smart. And then it's mm-hmm. so what it really comes down to is just like with everything in life, right? Like simplicity is key. That's that's the best way yes. to do it. So so what we do is um, we have this for both personal and business. Um, we have a Bible. <laughs> Not the Bible oh. that you think. It's like <laughs> it's okay. like this is our this is our house Bible. Oh, and then yeah. in business, like this is our company Bible, right? Right. And so the Bible is basically our reference to everything. And I have it um, the way that I built it out. Something as simple as a spreadsheet. So um, like if you create a password protected Excel sheet, you know, like if you're if you're one of the lucky ones that still has a local like, um, you know, like you loaded the software Excel onto your computer. Oh, I didn't even know that was still a thing. No, it's not. Everything's um, in the cloud now. Like you have to connect everything to Office 365 or whatever. But I have a computer that still has Office 2016 or whatever it was. Um, 
So there is a local copy of Excel on that workstation. And what I did was I built our Bible on that because I can password protect that file. And mm-hmm. um, basically, it's it's all of our accounts in the event like that something – Because I am – Huh? It's like in a vacuum at that point. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, like I am the holder of all all accounts – and mm-hmm. and by that I mean like I I manage the access to you know mm-hmm. like all of the utilities and all that kind of stuff like I'm the one that that records and maintains it because my husband's like I don't even want to look at the bills like they stress me out and I'm like that's fine I will take care of everything um and that by the way that is an agreement that we came up with it's not a you know dedicated role um, between a male and a female, like we decided <laughs> together. I'm just throwing it out there that it we're not we're not doing like roles and things like that. It's just I like taking care of stuff like that, and I f- I feel like I manage it better. Um, he does not like looking at bills at all. He doesn't like paying them. It physically hurts him. It gives well, him a headache when he does it. And listen, we can um, clarify something, too, just to prove the fact that you guys did not have roles. Who cooked dinner last night? He did. Right. Who and the night before. The night before. And the night before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you guys. Who did laundry last? He did. <laughs> right. Non-traditional as it comes for a straight couple. That's all I can say to yeah. that. Yes. So, so we, we don't uh, we don't fall into the traditional roles, right? Like we no. we have a discussion and make a decision based on what we talked about. And usually it's whatever I like to do are the things that I get to be in charge of. The things that he likes to do, he gets to be in charge of. Like I could care less about the type of TV we have. He will spend you know, months yeah. researching TVs before he replaces it. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. And I, I have to go soon because I have another meeting, but um... – I have to say what makes that even more interesting about you guys is that you've been together most of your life. So you guys are high school sweethearts. And so you would think high school sweethearts might have fallen into the traditional trap, you know, but you guys didn't. And I think that's really interesting um, Mm -hmm. that you guys evolved into that. I think that's very interesting, which is probably why you guys have done so well, because you don't go anything traditional at all, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And and the times that we have tried the traditional route, like both of us were just miserable. You know, we were both like, this doesn't make sense. This is uncomfortable or like th- this isn't, it didn't align with what we wanted or what we had envisioned, you know? So, right. um, or who you are as individuals as well. Yeah. So whatever, whatever works for us, works for us, you know, like I, I he he's out of town pretty frequently. So um, I mow the yard. And I remember in our old house when our neighbor, um, when when the wife would be the one mowing the yard, I used to think, man, is her husband so lazy? You know, like just yeah. because of the traditional gender roles that had been ingrained into my head, I used to think like, man, is her husband just so lazy that she's the one that mows the yard? And then after I talked to her about it, she was like, no, I really like mowing the yard. Like it's it's kind of like a zen time for me. It's a time away from mm-hmm. the kids. And, you know, like it's repetitive. So she doesn't even have to think. So she enjoyed it. And that was kind of like one of the the times where I was like, well, I wonder if I would enjoy mowing the yard. Like I've never had to do it before because growing up, you know, because I was the girl, 
and the only girl, yeah. I have two younger brothers, um, it was never my responsibility to mow, mow the yard. So I didn't know if I liked it or not. I just assumed that, oh, it's outside in the yard. It's yard work. That's that's boys' work. That's a boys' job. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then look totally. at me now. I love gardening. I love getting my hands dirty. Like I'm constantly, you know, like repotting things and bringing plants inside and all that kind of stuff. And I know that's a little bit different to like actual gardening, but I'm also the one that goes outside and I'm cutting down branches because I'm like, we need to open up this space. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're not afraid to try at least. No. And I think that's, yeah. But I think that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit too. You know, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, well, I, I forgot what the original point was. So <laughs> I have no idea and that's okay. So yeah, we, we went windy, windy, oh, but that's okay. Cause this we is about this... the Bible. Oh yes. Yeah. So we, we have a Bible for home and business, but, um, the Bible has a list of all of the accounts that we have. Um, you know, depending on it, it's got a URL to like how to get to the login, um, mm-hmm. the actual account number, um, and then, you know, how to find the password. Cause usually mm-hmm. like me and my husband, we have a, once again, we have a, a core password, right? So right. usually when we're, when we're like, Hey, how do I log into this? Um, our responses to each other, especially if it's over text is, um, it's my email and the usual password. So when, when he right. says the usual password, I know what that is, or it'll be, um, it's my email and the usual password plus an additional symbol or a number or whatever it may be. Yeah. So the we can kind of communicate cryptically when it comes to sharing passwords mm-hmm. because we know what the core password is. Um, right. But that, that's how our Bible is set up. And the reason that we have this is inspiration from actually when we bought this house. When we bought this house, the previous owners gave us a literal house bible it's a binder mm-hmm. and it has all of the original documents of when the house was built because our our house was not brand new um mm-hmm. you know we bought it from previous owners um but it has the original documents from when the house was originally built and then it has um the instruction manuals for every single major appliance that they changed. So we have the instruction manuals for the dishwasher when they replaced it, the fridge, the washer and dryer, um, the HVAC unit. And so when we replaced the HVAC unit, because it was original to the house, um, the instruction manual that we were given with it, we just, we went ahead and just added that into Mm -hmm. the, the house Bible. And I thought that was so brilliant because now there's no question of, well, what what brand is this? Like, what brand is our dishwasher now that we have to replace it? Or how do I troubleshoot this dishwasher, but there's no, like, model number right in front? You know, do I have to pull the whole thing out to figure it out? Like, how do I identify what yeah. the correct instructions are? Um, so just the fact that they they provided that for us, I was like, that is so smart. Like we need something like that just for life in general. And so we do. We have it for home. That's and awesome. We have it I'm going to do that. Business. I already have it for the house because since we we did move into a brand new house, built, they literally yeah. just handed us everything. So Andy yeah. just went and put it into a Bible. She basically did that, and um, yeah, it's been really handy. So I should do it's that for life. It's amazing too because when you start utilizing um, different vendors like service ven- service providers and things like that, we mm-hmm. recently had to change – like we had to replace the motor of our garage and um, 
in the Bible was the service provider of it was the information for the last person that serviced the garage springs. And so instead of me looking for a garage repair person, I was like, oh, well, let's see if this this company is still around. Right. So I called them and they were. And he was like, oh, well, what's the address? I gave him the address and he was like, oh, yeah. So it looks like when I was out there back in 2018, I replaced the coils and then the track. And I'm like, see, that's freaking amazing that you already have that. Right. So that's the reason why we do that, too. But we have notes once again of um, like this was the last time this was replaced or maintained or serviced or whatever. So now we have actual data um, and record keeping of the last time something was done to something in the house. And same thing with the business. The last time we um, updated like our registration or when we renewed our DBA, you know, whatever it may be, sure. we have yeah. all of that documented. So if I were to get hit by a bus and I'm in a coma and everyone's like, oh, well, we need to find out like what needs to be taken care of this month. Well, go check the Bible. You can reference everything that you need inside of the Bible. You are optimized. Oh, I like, I love that word optimized. Yeah. It's, you are it's so like, <laughs> well, I, I yeah. live in worst case scenarios. I know that sounds really awful and stressful and anxiety riddled and it is. It is my job. That's exactly like I have basically my job is risk management, right? Like Mm -hmm. what is the worst case scenario and how do we either prepare for it or prevent it? Because some worst case scenarios you can't prevent. So you just have to make sure that you're prepared for it because we have I mean, we talked about this last time, you know, like we had, um, we have business owners who pass away and their spouse and team have no idea what to do next. So having something in place where this is what you do in the event of an emergency or in event, in the event of the worst case scenario, this is what you need to do. Even if it's a simple, that's the reason why wills exist, right? If the worst case happens to you, to your life, the, you're having a will is making sure that your wishes are carried out after death. Right. Right. So, I mean, not to get like dark and morbid on everyone, but I think it's just, it's very important to plan for, those scenarios. And then of course things will come up that you didn't plan for, but um at least you have a starting off point. Once again, it's just a direction because right. there's there's that quote that I love and I can never remember. <laughs> <laughs> I love those kind of quotes. It's like one of my favorite quotes, I don't remember what it is. No, one of my favorite quotes is something along the lines of um we feel overwhelmed not because we don't know what to do, but because we don't know what to do next. Oh, that's good. So overwhelm doesn't come from not knowing what to do. It comes from not knowing what the next step is going to be. Right. Because you could, you could yeah. know, like, this is what needs to happen. But it's that very first step of, okay, well, if all of that needs to happen, what do we need to do right now? to get there. That's where you know, the overwhelm comes in. We should start writing it down. Like if you're planning <laughs> something big, plan write down the first step. 
so that when you get to that big thing, you know what the first step is. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we're going to have to cut it here because we, again, we could talk all day. Um, We could. Yeah. We will probably do a part two because I I feel like um, not just password management, but just like cybersecurity once again, not just for business, but also for your personal, like your personal cybersecurity. Um, this is a really important topic and it's super relevant for right now with the um, the rise of like AI and all these cyber attacks. Like there's a mm-hmm. really great book that I'm reading. It's pretty dense. It's called The Dawn of the Code War. It's written by Ooh. former attorney general... I can't remember his name now, but it's called the Do- the dawn of the Code War, and it is a um, it's how federal agencies have been fighting cyber attacks and you know like focusing on cybersecurity longer than you think that they have. <laughs> wow, interesting. Okay, well you, you should come so with interesting notes because that sounds really I interesting. Will. I would also so that'll be part two. <laughs> discuss the personal bible farther too um i think that would be really interesting because i have some questions about that but i'll save it for the next time that sounds good all right well then we'll we'll end it here and we'll continue with part two of personal bibles and (laughs) cybersecurity password management do it do it